Welcome to Last First State Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 404 with Maya Diamond, How to Stop Attracting Unavailable Men. Hey everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love, and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. This week's tip on how to become a woman of value is, if you want something, ask for it. How many times have you wanted something and just hoped that somebody figured it out, read your mind, Uh, You were disappointed because you didn't get it. So my challenge to you this week is to be direct. Ask for it because even if it's something big, and Maya and I were both just talking about doing TEDx talks, that was something that I wouldn't have had if I didn't ask for it. And so, yes, it's scary and it's out of our comfort zone, but we will never grow if we don't ask for what we want. And speaking of women of value, Have you downloaded a copy of my new book? It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, and it's available on Amazon as of about a week ago. So I'm really excited to have it out there. Now it's available on Kindle, and it will soon be available on paperback. And before I bring Maya on, I just want to let everybody know that I have a fabulous Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And it is a place that will support you on your journey to your last first date. So if you're a woman over 40 and you are either currently in a new relationship or you're looking to find love, this is a place of positive support. We are, we don't allow, you know, negative victim talk. We don't allow man bashing. It is a place where you will come and you will be supported to grow into the right relationship. So it's called Your Last First Date. Hop on over there right after you listen to this uh, podcast. And now for our guest, Maya Diamond. She is an expert dating and relationship coach, and she's known for helping people shift their pattern of attracting unavailable partners to find that healthy, satisfying, fulfilling relationship that we're all seeking. From 2016 through 2018, she was named one of the best life coaches in San Francisco by Expertise.com. And in 2014, she was named one of the best relationship experts by DatingAdvice.com, one of the best experts in California. And she has a TEDx talk that I mentioned before. There's over 47,000 views on it. And it's called The Surprising Key to Building a Healthy Relationship That Lasts. Her dating advice has been featured on many large media, including Mind Body Green, Elephant Journal, Fast Company, WikiHow. She is here today to help us stop attracting emotionally unavailable partners. Welcome to the show, Maya. Hello. It's so wonderful to be here. Great to have you. And this is such such an important topic, unavailable partners. It's so common that people attract them. So before we get into like how to break it, why it's so hard to break, I'd love to know why this topic became such an important one to you. Yeah. Yeah. So this has definitely been a personal journey as well as a professional one. So for 10 years, I had the pattern of attracting unavailable partners 
whether, you know, whatever type of unavailability I found it, whether it was a man who, you know, someone who didn't want to commit or someone who didn't want the, the future that I wanted or someone who was physically available but not emotionally in, uh, available, um, I just really one after the other. <clears throat> and I would say I was really in this pattern in an unconscious way. So I said I wanted a long-term lasting loving relationship but my choices and my actions were definitely not in alignment with that. And I was really suffering. It was really painful. I was getting my heart broken one after the other. I was feeling frustrated, I was feeling disappointed. And, um, you know, and this, and it was really rooted in my childhood wounding of my father being unavailable, being addicted to different substances, not being able to be the loving father that I really wanted. And so I really, have done a lot of deep healing work around this and kind of created a, a process based on my own personal and professional experience with this pattern that really shifts it at its core. And so um, I really am that wounded healer who has gone through all the mistakes that my clients go through. So I have so much compassion for this pattern, but also um, wisdom that I bring. Thank you for sharing your own personal story. I always like to hear, you know, what, what drives us to do this work. And it usually mm -hmm. is something in our own private life. And yeah. why not, you know, make your mess your message and really walk your yeah. talk, which is always mm -hmm. so compelling. Um, yeah. yeah, so you, you mentioned it, it stemmed way back into your childhood and, and we often can make mm -hmm. those connections. So why is this pattern so, so difficult to break? Yeah, so this pattern is, is almost like an addiction. So when you're with someone unavailable, one thing that's really important for everyone to think about is that you get intermittent reinforcement. So maybe the person calls you one day and, you know, wants to spend all this time with you, but then maybe they don't call it for another week, right? And then maybe they call in two days. And so there's this intermittent reinforcement, which then creates this feeling of anticipation and excitement, but also a lot of fear and like nervous system dysregulation and so it creates kind of this addiction like you don't know when this love is going to come again and so but also because of the wounding um we feel there's this feeling of compulsion like if only i can get this person to love me and choose me that is not currently choosing me and loving me in the way that i need and deserve if only i can get that then i will you know, heal all the past from my childhood, all the trauma from my childhood. So there's a real compulsion in this pattern. And that's why it takes a lot of um, me as a coach really holding that mirror to really see the pattern and see it for what it is. Because with addiction, there's the denial factor, there's the unconsciousness factor, right? And so, um, so yeah, usually this pattern is rooted in childhood. Usually it's um, either neglect or abandonment or um, abuse or engulfment. And so when we have this pattern, we have these wounds and 
We're trying to heal them through the pattern. And we're trying to get what we want through the pattern. But unfortunately, that strategy doesn't work. And so we need to create a new strategy for finding love. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so persistent because it's what we know. So what is familiar to us about love is based in our childhood family pattern. So for example, if it's familiar to you that love means that it's not that available, or if it's familiar to you that love means that you don't really get your needs met, then that's what you're going to recreate over and over again. And that's what's going to be attractive. And that's one thing that's really persistent about this pattern is that you actually are mostly only attracted to these unavailable people. So if an available person shows up, you're literally, your body isn't attracted to them. Why are you going to go on another date with them? Right. And so that's why it's, almost like changing the palate of your mouth to favor like salads instead of, you know, white sugar. So when we change that palate in the internal ecology of yourself, then we really start to receive a different kind of love, a different kind of nourishment. That's an interesting metaphor to use because I, I do see that pattern a lot. Like an available person shows up and they seem boring because there's this level right. of excitement with the unavailable. You never know what's going to happen. And I, I know that my daughter who's 25 has attracted a few men like this in the past. And she would always say, I'm just so confused. I, I'm confused about, you know, what's happening. I'm confused about what he meant. And it's like, you're not really paying attention. There's no confusion. He's contradicting himself. He's not showing up. He's not following through, but it's, yep. it's, we can't see it when we're in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's much harder to see and it's much easier to make If you really like someone to make excuses for them to, and that you're touching upon, there's also that piece when you have this pattern around the hope like, oh, just I hope and I pray that they're going to shift. I hope that they're actually going to be able to give me what I desire instead of like, oh, they're already doing it. Yeah. So it's like dating yeah. potential or dating yeah. who he, he'd be great if only he would actually show up for me and like be loving and kind. Yeah. And I mean, something I, yeah. I realized, because I used to attract men like this too, and um, mm-hmm. it's the, one of the most important signs for me is how you feel when you're not with them. And because often 100%. it's that, that, right, it's that excitement when you're with them and you just feel so special, not always, but you know, you feel really special, but when you're not with them, yeah, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You don't even know if they're thinking of you. You don't know if they're seeing other people. And I used to imagine that every man I dated was surrounded by like a harem of women. Like I I just, I remember this like in my 20s, I I was dating this guy and he was a doctor and I had just read this book called House of God, where everybody was screwing everybody in every closet in the hospital. (laughs) So I just, I figured, oh, he's probably, you know, but I never said, are we exclusive? I want to be exclusive. I never asked for what I wanted which is what I talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So like you live in this place of, I have no clue what's really happening. And then you're living Mm -hmm. in uncertainty, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, and that uncertainty is what really drives the nervous system to go into dysregulation for your nervous system to be on a fight or flight kind of mode. And so if you're listening and you notice like, wow, yeah, I'm in that fight or flight mode a lot of the time with this guy that I'm dating or with my partner because I don't ever feel totally secure. I don't ever feel certain of this relationship or this love that we have. I don't really feel like this person has my back, right? Because we all, you know, the science of attachment, and that's my specialty, is really healing your deep attachment wounds. And so the science of attachment says, you know, we all want someone that has our back, that we know is going to be there no matter what, in the good times or the bad times. And so without that certainty, without that safety, there's a way that we're going to always feel a little bit dysregulated in relationship without that feeling of security in the relationship. And so when you choose someone who's unavailable, you're guaranteeing that you're going to be in that dysregulated state, that fight or flight state. And so you can, it's really you know, important to know that you can start having health issues because of this pattern. So maybe stomach stuff or, you know, nervous disorders, anxiety disorders. Um, you might just have random symptoms, physical pain, whatever it is, because your nervous system is in that fight or flight mode so much of the time. It totally and I can relate again. I used to be so anxious and my stomach was a mess when I was younger. Uh, just living in that state of fear of, you know, and will he like me and will he choose me over and over again? And, ah, oh, God, yeah. it's so amazing when you break this pattern. And so let's talk about yeah, people who yeah. do attract unavailable partners there's there's usually a part of them that is unavailable. So can you speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really kind of wonderful little hidden gem of this pattern, which is that kind of the shadow, right? We are what we attract. And so usually um, what I've found is that there's some un some part of you, if you have this pattern that is unavailable, because of either the childhood wounding or maybe a betrayal in your past or maybe um, a past relationship that was abusive. So um, because of that, that part of you has shut down to love, that part of you is afraid of love, or, that part of, or maybe that part of you that's unavail unavailable is afraid, like if I'm really available, will this person really love me? Like if I really show my authentic self, Will, will this person really love me? So therefore, it's easier to be with someone where the stakes are not as high. Like the love won't go as deep because we're not fully both in. We're not fully both available. So if it ends, I won't be in as much pain. And that's where I 100% was in this pattern because I was in a six-year relationship. And when I started this pattern, the relationship ended in a very dramatic way. And so I was very, very hurt and in a lot of pain. And um, from that really propelled me really into this pattern because I just never wanted to get that feeling. I never wanted to be in that feeling again, which is kind of like a trauma response, right? So this pattern can literally be a trauma response, a way that you're defending against 
the thing that hurt you so much because I was with this very secure man who was really available and then he cheated on me and so my mind was like oh well then the secure men are not trustworthy so you better go for the unavailable one right so this can be very complex it doesn't actually make sense when you really break it down but it to your psyche to the part of you that's trying to make you safe it can make sense and so I've seen it with clients where they, um, you know, maybe a loved one even died. Maybe their parent, like a father died or a loved one died and they feel like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to get hurt in that way again because the partner could die. And so let me be in something that's unavailable that doesn't really have legs, that can't really go the distance. So there's all these ways that we undermine ourselves in love unconsciously. And so when we, you know, do the deep work, when we really shift the pattern at its core and we heal those unconscious beliefs, memories, events, feelings, then we can create something new and different that we've never had before. So let's talk about the healing. And yeah. I love the way you explain why it happens. And uh, in, uh, before the show, I was telling you that in my TED talk, I talk about how I guarded my heart and ended up in a marriage with somebody who felt safe to me because of my pattern of having all this dysregulation. It felt like the right thing to do on paper. Um, it yeah. didn't. It didn't work out because there was a lot missing for me. But at that time, safety was a survival response. And so how do we heal? Um, and, and you talk about attachment styles. So if you can address some of the steps you take clients through to heal. Yeah, so just so everyone kind of can get a sense, I want to start with the four attachment styles, which is anxious, secure, avoidant, and disorganized. And anxious, disorganized, and avoidant are in the insecure branch. So those are mostly the clients that I work with is someone who identifies more with one of those styles. Anxious is we're, we're more preoccupied with relationships. We fear abandonment. We, um, we tend to lose ourselves in relationship. We tend to overgive um, at the expense of our own needs. The, we put the other person's needs as more important than our own. In avoidant, it's kind of the opposite side of anxious, which is there's a feeling of all, usually it comes from feeling engulfed as a child or neglected. So either your parent was too invasive in terms of your boundaries or they just didn't, you know, prioritize your needs. And so you just felt like, you know, I have to do it all alone. So there's that feeling of self-reliance. And then disorganized is where you had the experience as a child of, um, chaos and abuse in the house, chaos or abuse, like lots of fighting or abuse going on. And so there's a way that you have kind of the anxious and the avoidant are very strong inside of you. Love is also a source of panic and fear because growing up, your parent or primary caregiver was a source of love and panic and fear. So each of those different styles requires a different type of healing. So that's number one, right? But um, I would say, you know, the biggest thing with the insecure attachment is we need to learn how to 
you know, deeply love ourselves and give ourselves the love that we didn't get as children. So I really help people give themselves that level of love and connection and attunement and presence. And when we give that to our, and I do that through a variety of different ways. And when we give ourselves that, then we're able to value ourselves and our sense of self-worth just skyrockets. But then also, I think, you know, it, what's so interesting to me about anxious and avoidant is they both have a hard time speaking their needs and boundaries and preferences and desires in relationship. And so really teaching my clients how to do that, because I think so many times in relationships with both men and women um, and all genders, um, it can be hard to express your needs and your feelings and your boundaries and your desires and your preferences, because there's either the fear that the person's going to leave. If you're anxious, you're afraid the person's going to leave or, um, you know, or there's a fear that maybe they're just not going to be able to meet them. So why even say them at all? Because your parents didn't meet your needs. So why would this, this partner be able to meet your needs? So uh, really that communication piece is so fundamental to relationships because then we can have two full senses of selves in relationship instead of just like, oh, let me just cater to your needs, which is codependency. Let me just, you know, so I, I believe that women have been taught through many, many generations, kind of a lineage of codependency that we need to, you know, overgive, that we need to prioritize the man over ourselves. And so we're really in the work that I do, we're really unwinding these um, patterns that no longer serve us as women that actually undermine our relationships. Another piece that's so important in healing this is doing the trauma work. So what I do is I do the deep trauma work, which means we go back into the memories and we heal those memories of trauma. So then there's no charge on the memory. The negative charge is gone. So then we're less triggerable in relationships and our nervous system is more calm and we feel like we can receive love at a deeper level. Tell us a little more about how that works because this is intriguing. Yeah, so I do a particular modality called the emotional freedom technique, mm. which is a trauma healing modality where we're tapping on the endpoints of the Chinese meridian system while opening up the file folders of the brain. And what it does is it goes in there and heals that trauma because when we have a trauma, it connects, it's like a, it's lodged in the brain and then it gets wired to all these other events. So it's like when we heal one trauma, we're actually healing a lot of different ones. And, um, and then again, like then when that thing happens that used to trigger that trauma, it doesn't get triggered anymore because that negative charge has, has healed all the wiring in the brain has healed it. So it's no longer like, you know, that huge like trauma response of, Oh my God, like, this person's gonna, you know, like if you, for example, if you, so many of my clients similarly, you know, had a betrayal, whether it's a cheating incident or, you know, yeah, so many, you know, being married and their husband cheating on them and then finding out three years later, things like that, right? And so when you have that kind of betrayal in your history, 
we have to do the trauma work around it because otherwise you're going to bring that intense amount of fear and hurt and defensiveness in your next relationship. And so that's why so much of the healing work is just healing the past relationships. Because exactly like, you know, in the age group of if you're in their 40s or 50s or 60s, which a lot of the people I work with are, there's been a lot of, it's not just your childhood, it's also the relationships that you've had that can be really painful and traumatic. Uh, yeah, I've I've studied a little bit about EFT, and uh, I know yeah. a lot of people who've been helped by it. So I love that you go deep and you really heal the trauma. There are a lot of people in this industry who just say, you know, wear sexy clothes and say flirty things, and here's how yeah. to get your guy back. And ugh, <laughs> it's like you might learn how to be a really smooth talker and a nice dresser, but you're yeah. not going to really break these patterns and mm-hmm. and really have the kind of intimacy and love that you're seeking. So this is it's so healthy and it's so important to do deep work because so many of us were damaged from childhood through no fault of our own. And certainly our parents <laughs> were doing the best they could, but Definitely. they were, they didn't heal their past trauma. And so it just perpetuates, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. I think the best thing yeah. we can do for ourselves is to heal and, um, and for future generations. You know, I always say that my children had a much better chance at having healthy relationships yeah. than I did because they grew up in a, in a much healthier environment. And certainly after my divorce, where I was able to give them the kind of emotional connection that they, they really needed. So, you know, if, if anybody listening here is hesitating about doing this deep work, know that it's not just for you. It's for every single person you encounter, for every relationship you have this is to me the most essential work that we can do. So I, I love that you go this deep. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. I completely agree with everything that you said. It affects our lineage moving forward and backwards, right? It's like for many generations forward and many generations backwards when we do the deep trauma healing work and, um, and, and then exactly, it's so beautiful in terms of the next generation that, um, you know, that your daughter gets to grow up with, um, you know, yeah, just, just you mirroring to her, you know, your own worthiness. Yeah, I mean, I have three kids and three grandchildren, and my, oh, wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching Wonderful. my grandchildren, my, you know, how how their self-worth is is amazing and how expressive they are because they're being raised by a mother and father who are both so attuned to their needs, to mindfulness, to fostering independence at a young age through the Montessori movement. I mean, it's, it's really just oh, cool. fills my heart with so much joy. Um, but let's, let's get into, yeah. Um, There are a lot of people who are listening who probably are already kind of enmeshed in some kind of unhealthy relationship right now. So for those people, what are some things that they can do? Oh, I completely agree. There will, there's probably a lot of people listening who are in a toxic relationship. Maybe you're feeling like you love this person, but you're really not sure if this person is, um, 
you know, healthy for you and you feel a little bit concerned maybe at the level of the way that they've been treating you, maybe, again, cheating or maybe, you know, super inconsistent contact for many years, maybe breaking up with you, then pushing you away, then breaking up, you know, things like that, where it's just been proven time and time again, that this person isn't really treating you the way that you deserve. And you might be very addicted to the love because maybe you, again, there's an attachment here. There's like, we get attached and that is the way humans are wired. So you are attached to this person, but there's this inkling in you that knows like, maybe this actually isn't right for me. Maybe this isn't right for my children to see this, me modeling this over and over again. So I would say number one is to get help because this is really hard to do on your own. Like because this is an addiction, because this, you're so attached, this is nearly impossible to do on your own. And you need support, whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, whether it's a coach, you know, like you need that support. And yeah, I would love to be obviously the one to help you. Um, and I'll, I'll share how to do that at the end. Um, but definitely support number one. Number two would be to really get some help assessing if this is the relationship for you or not. And then if it isn't, if you decide that it isn't, then getting help leaving the relationship because these toxic relationships are so hard to leave because you're attached because of, you know, the oxytocin, all the hormones, like, you need help. If you know that this is toxic, you need help leaving it. And most of the people that come to work with me, they are already in those relationships and I help them leave them. I help them break free because breaking free on your own, unfortunately, it usually doesn't work. So you need major support, like major. Yeah, there's statistics actually. Um, I, I, had a friend who worked with people who were in abusive relationships and yeah. it took on average seven times to leave seven times before you leave for good. There is wow. such an addiction. Wow. Yeah. Um, I had, yeah. I had a friend who was in so many of these relationships and the last one she had been in um, was, was so insidious. Uh, the guy told her from the start that he wasn't available. I mean, he basically point blank said, I am not yeah. available for a relationship. And she's like, yeah. well, what do you think he meant by that? And I was like, he meant he's not available. I mean, yeah. we had this conversation right at the beginning and she got involved anyway. I used she to be put, like that. Totally yeah, right. You just, yeah. you hear what you want to hear and maybe yeah. I'll be the woman to change him. And so she yeah. would drive to his house an hour, bring him chicken soup, do all these things to, to extend herself and got so little back until the day he just completely broke her heart. And she was on medication. She got help from a therapist. She had to work really, really hard and eventually she healed. And the good news is she is married to an amazing guy who is completely available. <laughs> they are Yay. so love. Yeah, she really healed this pattern, but it took, took years of, of work because she, she was so enmeshed. Yeah, so, so I want to address what you just said because the, the program that I created um, it's four months and instead of, so you just said it took her years. I just want to say that this doesn't have to take years. 
So with the right support, it can literally take months, like two months. I've had many, many of my clients have been in this pattern for over 30 years. And within months, they're able to shift it. So there wow. is hope around that. And if you get the right support, it can be a lot quicker than years and years and years and years of therapy. So I want to also just say that because it's important for people to know that it doesn't have to take that long. Yeah. The yeah. right support is so different from the wrong support. <laughs> yeah, and it really, um, is. It really <laughs> is. I think, you know, so many people come to us after years and years of trying to undo damage and with the right support, even after a session or two, the, the you know, the, the life skills that they learn are, are incredibly powerful. So I highly recommend that people check out your program and will they find that on empowerlove.us? Is that uh, the best place yes. for them to go? Yes, definitely. Empowerlove.us forward slash love. So you can go there and sign up for the free webinar or sign up for a love breakthrough session with me or a member of my team. And also you can check out my podcast. Um, so empower, but yeah, if you really feel like you resonate with this, I highly recommend if you've li already listened to this whole interview, you can just book a session with a member of my team and really see if working together is the right fit for you because we would love to have you. Um, and, uh, and, and getting on the phone call will really help you assess if this program is really the right fit or not. And if it's not, we'll refer you somewhere else. And what's the name of your podcast? Rewire Your Attachment Style. So yeah, just started it recently. And um, in this in 2020, I just started it. And uh, it's a combination of interviews with high functioning couples and then interview and then also solo shows with me and then um, some expert interviews as well. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Maya, for coming on the show. This is such important, powerful information. And I am sure that you are helping so many people to heal from patterns that were ineffective and keeping them from the love that they deserve and desire. And to me, this is just sacred work. So thank you so much. Mm, thank you so much, Sandy. It's been really wonderful to connect with you today and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. And if you love our show, please rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are everywhere. Last First Date Radio. And uh, don't forget to join Your Last First Date, the Facebook group. We are a fabulous group. Get my book, Becoming a Woman of Value. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye.